Before we get started today, I'm going to stress that this podcast does not necessarily reflect the views of the Cabinet Act Association. Hello and welcome back to the Half Swing Shinty podcast, where we review and preview the week's shinty from all over Scotland. In the week where the USA was plunged back into the 1940s by the Supreme Court, there was lots of great shinty. Normally I'd now make a joke at Cammy's expense and open with a light-hearted question about the trending weekly subject. However, there is nothing light-hearted about a decision that will kill hundreds of women and girls across America. There's nothing I can say that hasn't already been said online by people both more educated and more eloquent than I am. And while this podcast is far from Olivia Rodrigo's glass and reset, there are around 500 people listening to this right now, 20% of which are women. And to simply get into it without acknowledging that their rights are beginning to be stripped back in a nation that once prided itself on being the leader of the free world would be grossly inappropriate. Kami, were you as outraged as I was when you saw the decision? Uh, yeah, Aaron, uh, I really was. Um, I was saddened to hear about the overturning, but also, unfortunately, not surprised in the slightest. Um, I won't touch on it much further, as I think you've kind of brilliantly summed up there, but what I will say is that if you were sitting there and you strongly believe that women shouldn't be allowed to can, to be in control of their own bodies, then you're just as disgusting and backwards, frankly, as the decision made by the US Supreme Court. I don't know how America can class itself as a democratic nation when half the nation will now no longer have a basic human right to dictate what they can and can't do with their own body. It's uh, To be honest, it's mind-boggling. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I think we'll... Uh... Will sort of messily, as I always seem to do, segue away from from something onto something a lot, uh, obviously a lot less serious um, in terms of the global scale, but very serious for me every night of the week. It is Love Island. Are you up to date, Cami? Possibly a messy segue yet, but we can't have a podcast about Shinty without talking about Love Island, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) or seemingly so the past few weeks. Uh, Yes, of course, I am up to date. Are you up to date? I am up to date. Good. That's what I wanted to hear because my next uh, 15 follow-up questions are all to do with Love Island. No, I'm joking, but what I do want to know is who your favourite and least favourite islander is right now. Um, Good question. It's got to be Danny. Favourite, I think everyone's favourite, great guy. People always go for him um, for advice. Just what I want to see all the way in. Big fan of, is it Domindia they're calling themselves as well? Fantastic. Uh, least favourite is still Gemma, as I think it will be. However, Luca is also an absolute pain and incredibly clingy. Not a fan. What about yours? Yeah, so I, I totally agree with you. I love Dami, I love India. Yes. And I love them together. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I didn't like Gemma Owen at all at the start, and I don't particularly like her any more than I did then. But what has happened is I dislike one person way, way, way more than I did at the start, and that is Luca. Um, I think he, he just sort of, he, he's somehow a total soft sap and also a bully at the same time. Um, yeah, which, which, which is an absolute hellish uh, combination but um, yeah I think okay we're on the same page there then let's see if that continues throughout the rest of the podcast when we go on to talk about the shinty I suppose we'll have to talk about that at some point yeah unfortunately yeah that, what are your plans for the weekend you got anything fun coming up 
Um, it's a return to Shinty for me. We had a weekend off um, last week, um, which was, it was a nice wee break to be fair. So we've got Butte away, which is probably one of my favourite away games. Um, it's good so it's good playing in the Meadows, but it's also good fun for a, a wee pub crawl after as well, which I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, I think I'll just be enjoying Shinty whilst it lasts, because it seems like this season's actually flying in. Um, so yeah, I'd say that for anyone else who's watching as well. Enjoy it whilst it lasts, because it'll be... It'll be season season over very very soon. Hey, what about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. I, I sort of echo that. I mean, I won't be at the Shinty. I'll be working on Saturday, I'm afraid. But uh, it certainly is coming in very quickly. I mean, that's both the regional senior cup finals in terms of the Celtic and the McTavish, both already behind us. Now we're halfway through the league season in the Maui Premiership, and I put a poll out with the um, sort of Premiership ranking A to F that we did. Uh, earlier asking if people wanted to see it for the national and overwhelmingly yes they did so we will be doing an episode ranking the national teams from a to f maybe next week as the last episode before i go on a two-week holiday um so working hard this week and the start of next week and then getting some well-deserved rest i think yeah i agree well deserved (laughs) um okay we might as well get right into the shinty then um kami do you want to have a look at the results from last week and sort of choose one of the matches that stood out to you. Uh, let's maybe leave the Celtic just now because obviously Johnny McCaskill will be joining us later on in the show to talk about that. Uh, yeah, um, so how do we look at the fixtures and there's one that obviously stood out um, and it was an absolute belter, to be honest, it was um, Kinlock Shield 2, Love It 3. I think this was an obvious one I was going to be picking. What a game and let's face it, it was always going to be a cracker between these two. Love it now boast two wins at Leary Park over Shield and deservedly so as well. Um, and what I've been noticing, especially in recent weeks, a massive, massive part of this is to do with the performances from Fraser Heath, who has been, well, quite frankly, outstanding this season. He's uh, two goals for him on Saturday, eight goals in his last four games, and he's up to 11 goals for the season, which is uh, nothing short of incredible, to be honest. Um, but Shield will be disappointed, obviously, and it's a sickening way to lose a game. Look, Sugar's the run lost to Indreary in the Southern Cup in the same fashion this year in a much bigger game, you know, so I know all about it. Um, but the signs are there. They've been excellent lately. They've been scoring for absolute fun, so I don't think it'll be anything to worry about for Shield, but they will be keen to bounce back. And they've actually got a good opportunity to bounce back against Caberfe, who will be sick of the sight of King Yusuf. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, love it, are now obviously going to take on Can you see after Can you see beat Caberfe? At the weekend, um, in a repeat of the 2021 Macaulay Cup semi-final, uh, I think in 2021, Canusi ran out 4-0 winners. How do you see that one going this year? Oh, yeah, that's a tough one. I think it's, they've been the, the two teams I watched this season. As you know, I backed Love It to win the Camry Cup this year, partly due to them being obviously excellent and partly to annoy you a bit as well, as we think we know. But and what I will do, I won't back them to win the Macaulay. Uh, so I'll pick can you say in this one, but I would not be surprised if Love It win that. And I actually I see this game going to extra time. Um, I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. And if you're in the area, I'd definitely be going to watch that. Yeah, okay. We've got some promotion. If you're in the Bewley area, that is the place <laughs> to be. I think it's the last weekend in July. Um, so yeah, hopefully we'll look forward to seeing you there. I'm planning to go to the game anyway. So if you see me, give us a shout and tell us how much you love the podcast. Any criticism of the podcast, of course, direct towards Cami. Uh, <laughs> Swapping it now, right? Okay. <laughs> I saw the game back online. Um, Mark McLaughlin was very passionate after scoring the winner. 
Um, yep. At one stage, I thought he was going to actually rip the Lovett badge off his chest. You don't really see many celebrations in Shinty like you do in football, which I think is a shame. I quite like it when people show their passion like Mark was doing at the weekend. <clears throat> Kami, have you ever, you're a forward, you know, have you ever done a celebration after scoring? Firstly, love the celebration by Mark. That is brilliant. Things you want to see. I want to see more of that in Shinty, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you say I'm a, as a forward, have I done any uh, celebration after scoring? I've not done much scoring, to be honest, to celebrate firstly, but uh, what I will do, and this is a complete true story, you can ask anyone who was there, um, in the under-14 South of Scotland Regional League group stage, that's nowhere to lie, um, I scored an absolute screamer from the halfway line, or near about, it was, it was similar side pitch, but halfway <laughs> line, top corner, everyone was just as shocked as I was, and this is 13-year-old me, by the way, I attempted to, to do a backflip, <laughs> never never attempted one in my life, never landed one, um, and I landed straight in my back, uh, nearly injured myself. Um, so I have attempted a celebration after score, and uh, it was pretty embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, we had Roddy on a few weeks ago. I've got there's so much to delve into here. I mean, poor Johnny's going to be waiting uh, to jump into the call for some time because I've got a lot to delve into. Firstly, we had Roddy on the pod, um, I thought maybe six, seven weeks ago, and that was just after he had scored against Newton Moore. Um, I think in the McTavish, she scored the winner against uh, Newton Moore and tried to do a knee slide, knees dug into yeah, the remember that. face down straight into the turf. So that was a better. This sounds like something very akin. Can you just tell us what, what competition was it in again? Um, so, you know, you get the Camera Cup. Mm. Um, so that's like Shinty's, like the most prestigious trophy. This is the Shinty's second most prestigious trophy. It's the South of Scotland Development League six sides under 14s. Um, okay. And just for the record, Strucker won that and they were the Invincibles that year. Not a big deal. <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah, no, that'll definitely be up there in the, in the sort of uh, the shinty history books. It sounds a bit like, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen, they had, uh, it's like a Champions League coverage or something and they've got like Paul Scholes or or I don't know who else, like Puyol. And then they've got this other guy and it pops up just underneath him saying, uh, came third place in the under-17 <laughs> total cap. <laughs> that is exactly what it's like, <laughs> Uh, to be fair, it's exactly what it is. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it, sums, it sums me up. I've had to go back to under fourteen level to pick out one of my goals, but there you go. <laughs> I know. Well, listen, that that maybe says it all there. Um, yeah, extremely unlikely event that you do score in not the second tier competition, but actually the first tier competition and in the Canada Cup final. What sort of celebration would you pull out? It's a tough one. I think what I do is. Um, I'd make the letter A with my fingers, kind of like, kind of like that. I'd point to the sky and I'd dedicate it to yourself, Aaron, for bringing me on this podcast. Oh. And I'd point to the sky representing, uh, it's not just, you've, you've not died or anything like that. Oh, I'd I'm represent a bit the, worried. Representing the North in Bewley, I think. So <laughs> I think, yeah, I will represent me. I will shout at you, mate. Oh, Jesus. God, we're going to have to catch so much of this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, move, moving on to... Uh, another game. I had a little look through the games and to be honest, there was not really, other than the sort of Celtic final and that match, there wasn't anything that sort of stood out too much. So I wanted to, well, I guess it'd probably only be right to touch on both Glengarry and Bewley. You know, they, do, they did stand out, scoring 13 and 12 goals. Um, the Bewley game was on first and I was doing the scores and I thought, wow, we scored 12. No one will beat that today. And obviously, Glengarry came along and scored 13. So um, that just shows what I know. Um, but the game I wanted to talk about was uh, the Aberdour game. Aberdour yeah. ran uh, Glenacker quite close in the Maui National Division. I mean, they lost in the end, which would be frustrating for them, but they did go 1-0 up th- through David McDougall. 
in the 27th minute, but a James Frosty McPherson double in the second half. Um, well, sorry, one just before half time and then one in the second half meant that they ended up sort of losing the points anyway. But looking at sort of previous fixtures and at, uh, previous results for them and upcoming fixtures, do you think that Aberdeer have a chance to stay up at all? Uh, yeah, I do. Like, it's, it's, of course, it's not going to be easy. Um, but the next game against Oban Celtic, who seem to be the kind of relegation rivals at this point, will be huge. And if they can win that, I think they believe they drew earlier on the season one each mm-hmm. um, if they can win that it'll be then be a case of where they can get the points elsewhere as well and that'll be for both sides and I think Oban Celtic actually beating Glen Urquhart recently um, has made a little bit of difference in this relegation race but the thing is with Aberdour, and I've said it in previous weeks as well it's a bit of a mixture of experience but a lot of young players coming in and you can tell as the season's going on the score lines are getting much closer and much closer and they've probably been a bit unlucky in some games as well so I mean yeah absolutely I think that we've got a chance of staying up Yeah I agree I mean you've sort of touched on everything I wanted to say about it there the size of the deficits are certainly dropping they lost uh, by two against what we'd probably consider title challenging in Vereri. Um just one last week against Glen. these are recent matches and they're only two points shy of Oban Celtic and obviously still have to play them albeit it is away from home um, but yeah, I think that they do have a real chance, which, you know, if I'm being perfectly honest, the start of the season, I would have said, you know, no chance, no chance at all. But I think that they should have hope and, and cause for optimism that they might be able to stay in the league. And, and even if they don't, you know, it's like you say, it's a young team and it's a really good experience for them to be playing against these sort of higher end players in a national division. And, and you know, you can only think that if they do go down, that, that they would be in a great position to bounce straight back. Okay. Before Johnny joins us, we should probably have a little bit of a chat about the Glasgow Celtic Society Cup final. Did you get a chance to watch it, Carney? Uh, yes, I did. I was actually, I watched it in Yorker as well. Um, yeah, before we go on to talk about it, I just want to say what a transformation at Peterson Park and the amount of work that's went in to get that, um, get the facility looking fantastic, new goalposts, but the pitch was looking amazing. Yep. Very, very quick pitch as well. There was a great crowd out, a lot of work went into it, and it was a really brilliant day for GMA. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that even transferred, obviously I was working, so I didn't make it to the match, but that transferred across on the television as well in terms of the crowd and most importantly, or most clearly, I guess, with the, the quality of the pitch um, looked really good. What did you think of the game itself? Um, I thought it was a physical, physical game, which I love. Mm. Uh, I was speaking to a couple of people saying, no, oh, they maybe like to see a little bit more kind of players being clinical in front of goals which is fair enough and get into that but it was a proper cup final tie I mean I think eight seconds in Kyle's winger uh, Connor Kennedy gets absolutely steamrolled by a GMA defender I think it may have been Ryan Harrison who got man of the match might not have been could have actually been Johnny McCaskill for enough <laughs> um, but and I was the minute I seen that I was like this is going to be one of them games but in, in terms of the actual performances by both sides they both really wanted it, wanted it. Um, and I think it came down to possibly Kyle's missing a few players, but also the performances of both Jamie Captain JD McKenzie and Man of the Match eventually um, Ryan Harrison at the fullback partnership for Jamie, who were I can't stress this enough outstanding. They didn't put a foot wrong and they just kept Kyle's at bay. But I would say Kyle's are unlucky, but I think it was Jamie's day in the end, definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think to be fair. <laughs> 
it was certainly a very passionate game. Uh, there's no question. Yeah. Uh, if, if we're talking about, you know, in terms of high quality shinty, it maybe wasn't one for the ages. Um, certainly not in that final third, which obviously you can tell just by looking at the scoreline, you know, a 1-0 scoreline in shinty's not really rare, but, you know, it's, it's not the most mm. common of scorelines. Usually see a few more goals than that. Um, but no, I, I enjoyed watching the game, certainly. Um, I haven't seen too much of GMA uh, this season or even last season. The last time I sort of watched them probably was when they were in the National. Um, and I thought that they did really well. Uh, you touched on Kyle's two players there, though. Well, you touched on Kyle's missing players. I think, you know, the two key players I would suggest that were missing were Roddy McDonald and, and Andy King, two players who I think made both of our top 12 players in Shinty. Do you think that Kyle's missed them really quite badly in this game? Um, more so, I mean, I had Andy King at top my 12 players, but more so Roddy than Andy in this case. And I think that's because Jamie played a diamond and George Thompson filled in in Andy King's half-back role. And I thought he'd done a very, very good job there. Mm-hmm. However, it's obvious. And you can look in the, uh, the final third of that final, Kyle's needed a, a goal scorer up front. Roddy's been playing excellently all season. He's been scoring a lot. They could have really done with him, I thought. But it was also one of them games as well for Kyle's Jonathan Olsen and Jamie goal was fantastic as well. And I think it might have just came down to who wanted it more, who take their chances. And then obviously um, John McNulty from Glasgow with an absolute screamer and then ultimately the winner as well early on. Yeah, what a goal it was too. Eh? Absolutely lovely. I'm, I don't want to, to sort of dampen the goal, but do you think it was helped by the wind a bit? You know what, I'll say no. It was windy. It was really windy. I think it was just it was a very good finish. I don't think John White can do anything about that. It was swerving. Top, top finish. And also on the turn as well. Yeah. I don't know if that's his weaker side or not, but it was a great goal. Yeah, outrageous. Um, you sort of touched on there as well about um, the man of the match, Ryan Harrison. Um, he was given the man of the match by BBC Albert. Was he your man of the match or did you think someone else stood out? I would say probably, yeah. Um, and that's only because I'm, I'm saying probably I mean, don't sound too convincing uh, <laughs> because I thought the captain JD McKenzie was also sensational they two were head and shoulders above the rest on the pitch for both teams I think just both rocks at the back but I think Ryan I would say was deserved in that but for Kyle's I said George Thompson had a good game Solly Thompson did his best up front against JD McKenzie which is a very tough uh, task um, and then also Oli McRae for um, GMA at centre also had a good game but I thought JD and Ryan Harrison were head and shoulders above the rest Yeah I think I think I would probably agree with you there to be honest um, it would be it'd be, certainly be harsh to take it away from, from Ryan um, he had a, yeah. a fantastic match I think uh, Jonathan Oates impressed me as well um, didn't have a lot to do um, maybe due to you know obviously Kyle's missing Roddy up front, but what he did have to do, and the, you know there was a couple of really good stops. Um, he did well, and obviously you know kept a clean sheet with the help of of those backs as well. So yeah, no, they, they were they were certainly very good. Um, okay, should we get speaking to Johnny? Yes, let's do it. We have now been joined by Johnny McCaskill from GMA. Johnny, how are you getting on? Yeah, just grand. Yeah, yeah, just uh, hanging in there. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear it, my man. I guess, firstly, congratulations on your win on Saturday. How long did the partying go on for? Uh, yeah, a fair while. Um, some some longer than others. Uh, some of the more hardy boys, I guess. Uh, but no, it was good. It was a really good fun. It was it was long overdue, a good celebration. The boys were, you know, it's, it's, you know, with COVID and all that as well, like getting a good win and a good reason to celebrate and go on the lashes is always good. So, yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, we usually open up with hearing a little bit about the person's Shinty upbringing. So do you mind talking us through basically how you got started with Shinty and, and how your career's gone so far? Obviously, you're still quite young. Um, yeah, well, where can look like a backup? I've obviously brought up in Glenelg and Shinty up there's a bit of a religion, like, um, you know, with your cousins and your friends and that. So uh, it was primary school Shinty. It was uh, Myrtle Fraser. He actually came, we didn't have a shinty team in Glenelg at the primary school, but he came along and um, gave us some sticks and some, you know, did a bit of teaching us and that. And uh, Maggie Finlayson as well, the the headmaster of the school, she was great for getting us along to, you know, um, practices and that. But no, we were quite lucky in Glenelg. There was a good lot of us back then and we were going to like all these tournaments and like Dorney and that. We were actually, because I was... (laughs) I probably haven't grown since primary school. I, you know, we were quite, we were dominating in that a lot. We were winning all these tournaments and uh, we eventually went to the, was it the Shinty World Cup or something like that with the primary school. That was the first time I ever met uh, Danny Kelly. I, I don't think he's grown either since, since since primary school. I always remember him being massive, but we won that as well. So yeah, that was obviously how it started. And then, you know, same route, like under 14s. Mm-hmm. Myrtle Fraser was there as well. And Ross McMillan, they were great just helping us along and, um, but then <clears throat> under 17s, we there was not enough for Shield and Lockaren both to have one, so we joined together and we played for Lockaren, and that was quite strange. You know, dad wasn't too happy with that, <laughs> putting a Lockaren strip on, but no, it was good. We I, again, we were we were quite lucky the amount of people we had, and we were we won quite a few cups in that, I think. Mm-hmm. But that was it feels like a long time ago, but it wasn't that long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I got into the second team then, Willie McRae, Willie Duncey, he was great. He was, he always was had great faith in me and he was always helping me along and and uh, making sure I wasn't, uh, uh, he was trying to keep me on the pitch as much as possible. I was, I lost the head quite a well lot back then, but he was kind of good for calming me down a bit. And I really come to the first team, which was, um, I couldn't, even, I couldn't believe it myself, really. it was pretty amazing. And I remember the first few games, I was just running around like a headless chicken, but no, I was, it was pretty cool. And, I was that year they won the Macaulay. That was pretty, that was amazing. Like, mm. hadn't won anything for a long time. And then uh, Johnson Gill stepped in then. And then uh, that's the one we won the Premier League. That was amazing as well. Um, and I just, that was when I just moved to Glasgow to start college because, um, yeah, just, I needed to get away and get a bit of, I was trying to get to university and that. So mm. but I moved down to Glasgow and the travelling was just too much to, to come back all the time. And I was <laughs> pretty skint. So, <laughs> you know, I obviously helped. But um, yeah, JD McKenzie was obviously good, and it was just a good community down in Glasgow. Like all the boys are so friendly, and that. you know, they're, you know, they're quite accommodating because it's you know it's quite hard moving away. Like going all the way to Glasgow was it's pretty tough for me. After you know, the furthest I've been away from Glenelg was probably Kirkton and Dorney, that. So <laughs> you know, um, and then uh, you know, just from there, uh, I managed to get in the South of Scotland team under twenty ones, and then under twenty ones called for Scotland, which was amazing as well. I was the first time I met Alan McRae. He was a great coach and we actually managed to win over in Ireland. That was amazing. Uh, and yeah, that was again that was a fantastic night out as well. Yeah. Um but then obviously COVID came about um and I had to move back home just because I couldn't afford to stay in Glasgow and do uni um and start started playing for Shield again. And um oh, what a season that was. You know, winning the Cameron Cup in the McTavish, just like, you know, it was 124 years. It's been on the go and we never won it. And to be part of that team and to be part of, you know, what a group of boys it was. And, you know, the, the, just the celebrations after, like when we, 
arrived in Dorney with a police escort. And, and maybe I, I, I was probably seen by quadruple about by that point. So I, it looked like there was about a thousand, two thousand people there. Maybe there was only 20, but <laughs> for me, it looked like there was a lot more. Uh, it was amazing. And yeah, just what I mean for everyone, like it was a big buzz around, around like Dorney and even Kyle and Glenelg and everyone. It was amazing. Like everyone was just wanting to talk to you and just ask how it was. And that it was, it was fantastic. Um, and yeah, and McTavish as well, just the same again. It's just like, it was just a blockbuster season for us. And I'm sure if there was like the premiership and that on as well, we probably would have, well, we would have definitely had a run for it. Um, but yeah, that was amazing. And then uh, back to how uni started to back up again. And um, I couldn't afford, I just, you know, I'm saying I'm skint. So I couldn't afford to travel all the way back to Shield every Mm-hmm. Uh, every weekend for games and that I thought it'd be a bit unfair and you know it's my final year at uni so I had to kind of focus on it mm-hmm. and I wasn't even planning on playing Shinty at all but um, you know JD eventually coached me along and then I just you know just you know obviously just started playing again that's great and um, you know we've had a bit of, we had a rocky start but I mean we've certainly been picking it up and yeah the Celtic Cup yeah and Saturday was amazing yeah so yeah that's, that's pretty much it up to this point so, Johnny, the first time I properly watched you play, Shinty, was actually it was this January in the Jack Asher Memorial Sixes. Your team, who I believe won in the end, uh, were up against a St Andrews University side. And I specifically remember you plucking the ball out of the air from a throw-up, taking it past two people before hammering a rocket shot beyond the young woman in the St Andrews goal, who may have been half the height of you, by the way. <laughs> Is it safe to say you're quite a competitive player? Uh, yeah, yeah, I am quite competitive. Um, well, that day, man, what it was, what a day, what our team oh, was called, cool. the, the Croc Squad, I believe we were called, and uh, it was a testament to Paul MacArthur, believe it or not. <laughs> um, uh, but no, we made this, we we got this team together of just like six foot three minimum, like requirement height, like you know, it was just a brutal team, and I think we expected it to be. Uh, you know, like t- teams like us, but I think every team had like three girls in it, and and you know, like university teams and Bristol, Camerons, and stuff like that. And yeah, I think that was the first game. I, I went, we went in pretty competitive, and then after that game, I think we tried to calm it down, <laughs> calm it down a little bit. I remember after we won, uh, they were reading out the teams, and it was like, oh, second place. I think it was Calder Fleck, and everyone cheered. And then they went, and the winners, Croc Squad, and nobody was saying anything. <laughs> we were just cut out. <laughs> it was pretty bad, but I was good night out after that, I must say. Um, yeah, but yeah uh, I, I am quite competitive, yeah. Um, I, actually, I remember that tournament, um, and I remember I was helping out my, my friend who's involved with London Cam. Like I was just, I went in goals for them or something like that. And we were looking about, and I seen your team because I knew quite a few players in the team, and it was a minimum six foot three height. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> hope we're not playing against them, but thankfully <laughs> we are. Um, you've obviously enjoyed a successful Shinty career so far. Um, was Saturday one of the kind of best highlights uh, so far? Saturday was amazing. Yeah, um, just for the lads and for the coaches and just everyone involved. It was just a great day. It was felt like a lot of hard work paying off at last, you know, and. You know, there's a lot of stuff behind the sh- scenes with the Shinty Club, but more so with GMA, I think, just because um, it just it's, it's kind of like a player and that run club. It's not really got much in the ways of, uh, you know, it was, so it meant a lot for everyone. But yeah, it was, I wouldn't say it was the best day. Uh, 
I think there's one one or two days that were probably better last season for myself. But no, I was definitely up there and it probably will remain up there for a long time, especially when the, the me and JD McKenzie, like it's just with him, you know, because just winning something with him was always going to be, it was always something I really wanted to do. And we did it on Saturday and yeah, it was amazing. Um, I just want to jump in here. I'm gonna gonna skip on a little bit, and I'm gonna ask you just because it came up there uh, a few sort of quick fire questions for you, um, because obviously you have had quite a lot of success in your career. So we, we touched on it there, maybe a bit better last year. Um, Celtic cap win with uh, GMA or the McTavish win with Shield? I'd have to go um, McTavish with Shield. Yeah, I think. Ooh. Okay. Okay. McTavish for Shield or Kamenak for Shield? Uh, yeah, Kamenak for Shield for yeah, that one. Yeah, definitely. That, that, that's that's yeah. a safe bet. I thought that might be the case. Now, if you had to choose between the Kamenak um, or the McTavish and the Celtic, so if you choose Kamenak, you've never won the McTavish or the Celtic, what would you choose? That's a tough one as well because um, the Celtic was it was a big thing for me, but and the McTavish too, you know, both of them were amazing and playing playing the full 90 in the Celtic and then playing like, well, because it went to extra time, a good 95 in the McTavish as well. But no, I, de- I think I'd have to go with the camera again for that one. It was just such a historic day for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that it's going to keep piling up. So I've got one more for you. Now, <laughs> the Kamen Act or the McTavish, the Celtic, the Macaulay and the League win. Oh, oh, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I'm just gonna have to go camera again. Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 I don't think you're considering all these nights out as well. This is like uh, yeah, actually, the one. I don't know. The camera was it was a pretty. It wasn't, <laughs> really, to, to it wasn't really a night out. It was more of a week out. Because it, uh, <laughs> it was it was the Saturday we were in Dorney, and then the Sunday was plopped, and then then the Monday was Dorney again, and then Tuesday <laughs> Glenelg. You know, it was just kind of pub hopping. It's a good um, point, actually. So, yeah, I think I'd stick with my camera again, yeah. I thought you might do, but I thought I'd better try and tease you at least to say not the camera, <laughs> but it's no worked out. But uh, anyway, let's go back to talking about the Celtic briefly. You were booked in the match, I saw. Um, not what we like to see, Johnny, especially not on this podcast. It's a very clean cap podcast. What did you get booked for? Uh, yeah, you can't, re- well, you can't really see it. It was quite well cropped out by BBC Alba, but um, I, Robbie, Mc- it was a, I think it was a shine that came in and the ball dropped to Robbie and I was just a bit off him. So I dived in front, what dive? I kind of like slid in front of the ball and stopped it. And then when I got to my feet, I was standing over it and I I knew what was coming next. He just weathered me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the ball was there, fair enough. But um, I I don't know, it was hot. It was a bit of a delayed reaction. The referee had already given them a foul for me standing over the ball. Mm. And I just... I just kind of looked over and he, I think he had a wee smile on his face or something. I just ran over and just barged into the floor. I was, <laughs> it was pretty stupid. Oh, um, like I say, it was a hot day and you can't really see me doing it, but you see Robbie just getting up off the floor. And I apologize after that, but um, yeah, the, the head just went. And that was <laughs> it. Yeah, it was hard. Yeah, okay, okay, absolutely. Um, I guess, uh, how did you think that Alex McVicker did overall? Well, he's, a, you know, he's a, He's, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's won the Celtic Cup nine times or something like that. Or I, felt, I think that's, I think that's right. Mm. You know, he's a man of great experience. He knows these games well, and mm-hmm. he knows how to handle players. And you know, you know, especially with me losing the head there, you know, he could have easily given a red there. I think, mm-hmm. you know, it was pretty, out, it was pretty out of order. But no, like the wind and the pit, like 
pitch had just been rolled and cut, so the ball was bouncing and the wind as well. Like the ball was running a lot, so there's, there's, there were there's sticks going, sticks flying about, and I think he handled the game well, especially on a hot day and yeah. and also with my friends and family screaming at him for ninety minutes. You know, he handled himself pretty well. Yeah, absolutely. I thought he had a pretty good game, all things considered. I mean, especially in like you know a match that was it was certainly very passionate. Um, yeah. Like you say, I, I thought he had quite a good game. Um, first Celtic for GMA in 42 years. Last year, you won Kinloch Shields first, McTavish in 123 years, and first Kamna Cap in 125 years. Truly amazing that you've been involved in these sort of first milestones. So what I want to know is, when are you going to join Bewley? <laughs> yes, it's definitely crossed my mind. Um, <laughs> you know, a good few nights out with Panda and Callum Morrison, <laughs> uh, when the when the pints are flowing, you you say things, but no, they would be they would certainly be delighted if I came along. Um, I, I was thinking about Cole Glenn as well. Uh, I'm sure Hamish <laughs> Harrison and the boys would 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 be happy with me coming along. But no, I've, I've been very lucky to be involved in in these historic wins and moments. I mean, the Camera Cup win was probably the best day of my life. Well, it probably was, but if I hadn't missed the sitter, it definitely would have been <laughs> the best day of my life. Um, but, you know, I meant so much for, um, you know, my dad as well. Like, he's my biggest fan. He comes to pretty much every game that I play, even the ones down in Glasgow and that. He's, he's mental. Um, I remember one time we were playing Butte in Butte, and I remember, he, he never told me, but I just seen him there on the side of the pitch. I was like, what are you doing here? It's like a six-hour drive from Glenelg. <laughs> um, but, no, he, uh, so, you know, so for him to... You know, for to see me win all these things, it must be it must be nice for him and mm-hmm. make me feel proud. And that's that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, exactly that. Um, although the thought of maybe win like, the national division with Cole Glenn and do that for the first time it's ever happened as well. Do another milestone that could be on the cards <laughs> yeah, as well. Maybe that's sure what I'm I'm maybe, maybe that's what I'm. <laughs> also, I should just go around doing that. <laughs> just setting records like that. Um, you were up against uh, a pacey Kyle's forward football. Definitely a pacey Kyle's forward two and Charlie Thompson and Finnan. Um, I don't think Zaba and Robbie McLeod would mind me saying they're maybe faster a few seasons back. Um, despite missing Roddy McDonald, they did trouble the GMA defence on some occasions uh, during the contest. Was there any pre-match kind of game plan to keep the Kyle's forwards at bay or was it just a kind of case of going out and focusing on yourselves? Well, um, Alan's he's pretty adamant about like, you know, if the defense, if the defense are strong and, and you know, you, you keep it clean back there, then, you know, the rest of the team just builds from that. And, you know, if your defense are playing well, then, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you know, you build off of it and you, you get a bit of confidence from it. And, you know, we, we knew they were going to be fast. I mean, uh, that Sorley Thompson is just rapid. And then they've got Liam Arnott and uh, Mar McFadden and that coming off the bench, you know, they've got definitely got the pace there and, you know, we're quite a big defence, you know, uh, big boys. So, yeah, we, de- we definitely had a game plan to go out there and just, you know, just watch the runs and everything and set plays as well. Cows are, you know, famously good at set plays. So there was definitely a lot of practising beforehand with that. But, you know, just the same as any other game, just keep it clean and hope for the best. You obviously had quite a lot of success with that as well. Um Saturday was, you know, no doubt an amazing result for GMA. However, you still find yourselves bottom of the league. Do you think that you guys have got what it takes to stay up this season? Absolutely. Yeah, um, we've definitely got the players there and the skill and the ability, but we've, we've had just such a mixed start to the season. I mean, we've had so many close losses 
and last minute draws, uh, riddled with injuries. I think there's been more hamstring injuries than any other season I've ever seen ever. Like, you know, even myself, I had one at the start of the season. I don't know what it is, but you know, it's just like other team things. Just coming back from COVID is is definitely affecting the you know the muscles and that. But and Gary Luke retiring at the start of the season as well was a bit of a blow. But uh, he's back as a fitness coach now. Um, but yeah, I think we'll build from Saturday. I think we have it in us to stay up and, you know, we've still got the camera cup we can hope for too. It's always a good dream. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely think we've got it in us to stay up. Not, a win in the league, maybe, well, a good result this weekend against Newton Moore and I think we'll just, we'll, we'll just build from there as, again as well. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we normally finish up with the guest getting to ask the host a question. So is there anything you would like to ask myself and or Kami, Johnny? Uh, well, did you? Uh, what did you get up to on the weekend? A couple of pints after watching the game, or? Come, I'll, I'll let you take this one because I had a very boring weekend. Well, see, Johnny, you kind of what you've done is you've landed me in it um, because I was actually at the game reporting on behalf of the Dinner Observer, so therefore the amount of pints I had during that game or after that <laughs> game is classified, unfortunately. I was there strictly on a professional basis. But the main thing is I enjoyed it and it was a good day. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> very, very tight-lipped, Cami. I must yep. say. Uh, that leaves us just to say thank you very much for joining us, Johnny. Yeah, no worries, guys. It was, it was a pleasure. Cheers. Cheers, Johnny. Okay, that was really good to hear from Johnny. Some interesting stuff there for sure. Um, now it's time for I Predict a Buy Hit. Now, this section has changed so many times, but once again, I've changed it because I think we need to make it a little bit more exciting and a little bit more consistent. So we're removing the guest predictions and it's going to be a straight shootout between myself and Kami every week. Um, so we're both going to have to choose two teams that we think will win. And once they've been picked, they're gone. Uh, so it's a bit like a last man standing. So if I choose Strucker Danoon this week, as if I would ever do that, uh, then neither of us can pick them next week. Um, the first person to get one wrong will have some kind of forfeit to do. Uh, we'll need to get a, a thinking hat on for that one, though, Cami. I'm not too sure what we can do. Um, we'll obviously happily take any listener suggestions that aren't uh, stop making the podcast. Um, Cami, I am gracious as ever, so I will let you choose first. Yeah, this podcast is screaming for some consistency at times, uh, but next season we promise to have an unchanged format. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> um, I reckon we actually keep tabs on the score and we can do a bigger forfeit at the end of the season. I uh, would quite like to see you do your hospitality at the Camera Cup final in a love it top or something like that. But <laughs> oh, we'll, Jesus. We'll, we'll, actually, I was going to say we'll discuss that in the season, but that's now out there in the open. So, <laughs> uh, But that's for future us to deal with. What well, I'll do is I'll give you my... The, what would possibly be the equivalent of that for you? But who are Shaka and Danoon's big rivals? Everyone. It's us against the world, mate. Don't you worry <laughs> about that. Um... I will figure it out. And actually, I, I, I hopefully it won't be me doing it. It'll be you anyway. But <laughs> um, what I'll do is I'll give you my first one. Uh, and my first one, actually, speaking of Strucker, during dry, was I'll give you two of them. Um, is do Call Glenn to beat Kyle's Athletic uh, in South Division 1. Just going off Call Glenn's season, they've been absolutely phenomenal, especially in Glenn Derulo as well. Uh, and Kyle's Athletic has been inconsistent. I know numbers has been a bit of an issue. I know on their day, and especially in a local derby like that as well, they can cause an upset in Glendale. But I just don't fancy it on Saturday. I'm going to go for Call Glen and win that one. 
Yeah, okay, fair enough. Um, was definitely on my radar when I was having a look at the fixtures, but that's fine. That's gone. Call Glen are out. Um, I'm going to go for Kyle's athletic uh, senior team. You think that their seconds are going to lose to Call Glen? I think their firsts are going to win. Um, it's at Tina Bruch and it's against Stragglers Kilmali. Um, I think Kyle's will obviously be hurting from the weekend. Um, but I think that can be, you know, it can go one of two ways. But I think more often than not, it, it does tend to focus the mind. Um, and, you know, they'll want to bounce back uh, pretty quickly. And I think this home match against Kilmali is the perfect opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, second one, come. Yep. Yeah, just touching on that as well. Recurring team this season, you don't want to play a team who's just been knocked out of the cup. I see Lacabar losing 9 0 to Oban Kamnik earlier on this season. Um, the other team that I'll take away from future guesses, I'll pick Kinloch Shield to beat Caber Fay at home. Um, Shield, disappointing loss against Lovett, although it was a very, very tight game. It could have went either way. It was actually looking like it was going to go to penalties. They will also be wanting to bounce back from a cup, to beat, a cup defeat. Sorry. Um, Carver Fay, who have improved, they will be sick of the sake in Goosey after having played them a few times in a row there. And they definitely have been improving and they've been scoring. But I think Kinlock Shield at home will be too much for them. So I'll pick Shield on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think fair enough. I mean, we saw Kinlock Shield, Carver Fay just a few weeks ago. Um, well, it was quite a few weeks ago now, actually, to be fair. But it was before the uh, before the McTavish final. And I think Kinlock Shield might have put seven, eight, or maybe even nine past them um, on that day. Uh, so yeah, I think that's that's relatively safe. Um, I'm going to go for Inverary. Uh, it's a semi-final of the Ferguson Transport and Shipping Ballymore Cup this weekend between Inverary and Strathglass. It is a neutral venue, so uh, Inverary won't have um, home advantage there. However, I think that they are, um, you know, one of the title contenders in the Maui National, where Strathglass are probably, I would say, this season. Traditionally, they've maybe over the last sort of four or five years been a relegation candidate in that sort of dogfight. But I would say this year they're going to be relatively comfortably in the mid table section. Um, but that being said, I think Inverary will have just a little bit too much for them. Um, and obviously, if things go my way or Bewley's way, then we will be looking forward to if we can negotiate Sky and then call Glenn. Uh, looking forward to meeting them in the final. Um, I know I just said that as if that was the easiest thing ever to do to negotiate <laughs> Sky and call Glenn, but maybe wishful thinking on my part. So that's the way we have set up. We've got two teams each. We've got a rough idea, a very rough idea that I don't like the sound of at all about some kind of forfeit um, for the eventual loser. But I don't need to worry too much about that. That is for sure. All that is left for me to do is obviously thank Johnny for coming on um, and say thanks to you, Cami, for joining me. Thanks again. Cheers, Aidan.